This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. you want to skip the big box stores and shop somewhere that's 100% carbon neutral, ethically sourced, and fairly priced, Thrive Market has your back. That's right. Thrive Market's goal is to make healthy and sustainable products accessible and affordable for all. While they have plenty of different grocery items to choose from, you'll also find beauty products, home goods, and more. Something we really love about Thrive Market is how easy it is to shop. Everything is personalized to you, and you can filter through the thousands of products by more than 70 dietary and lifestyle values. For instance, I can easily fill my cart with items that are vegan, from certified B Corps, biodegradable, BIPOC owned, and ethically sourced, all by checking off a few boxes. Thrive Market also has a one-for-one membership matching program, which I love. That means when when you pay for a membership, a free one will go to a low-income family, student, teacher, veteran, or first responder. Are you ready to shop? Go to thrivemarket.com slash goodtogether to get 25% off your first order and a free gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash goodtogether. Worldwide carbon neutrality is needed by 2050 to limit the worst effects of climate change. Helping achieve that goal is a non-profit organization called Climate Neutral, which is working to decrease global carbon emissions by providing brands with all the resources and guidance they need to become climate neutral certified. In today's episode, we're speaking with Caitlin Drown, the brand engagement manager at Climate Neutral. We'll be discussing all things emissions related, including what it means to be climate neutral, how the certification process works, and why climate neutrality is so essential for the future of our planet. Welcome to Good Together, listeners. So happy to uh, be here with Caitlin Drown from Climate Neutral. I'm kind of getting a little bit ahead of myself, but let me tell you what exactly we're talking about today. We are recording this episode the day right after Earth Day 2021. And if you have not heard governments and organizations pledge to achieve carbon neutrality or reach net zero emissions before, you must have heard something about it this week or yesterday at least. You must have also seen at least one of the Amazon ads where the company is committing to be net zero carbon across the entire business by 2040. Apple in its turn is planning to become carbon neutral by 2030, including its supply chain. 
This all sounds good on the surface, on the surface, but is it good enough, really? Why carbon neutrality is important, and what does it actually mean? So today, I'm thrilled to be announcing that Brightly is working with Climate Neutral, a non-profit organization that is helping us work toward carbon neutrality by measuring and removing our 2020 emissions and coming up with an action plan to reduce future emissions. And so very fittingly, we are chatting with Caitlin Drown from Climate Neutral's team today to dig deeper into all of these terms and what exactly they mean for you and the planet. Caitlin, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm Caitlin Drown, and I'm the brand engagement manager over at Climate Neutral. So, yeah, let's talk about Climate Neutral. I know you guys are a relatively new organization, but, you know, I know me and you, we've connected um, over a year ago, completely different life it was before the pandemic. Uh, you guys grown so much. You've signed up so many brands. Um, so tell me, what was kind of the ethos, the inspiration, the driver behind creating Climate Neutral and how you work with brands um, and kind of work, maybe even give us a glimpse of your future plans? Yeah, absolutely. So Climate Neutral is an independent nonprofit organization, and we're really building the consumer standard for carbon neutrality. Uh, we are founded in February 2019 by the founders of Peak Design and BioLite, which are two brands in the outdoor space. And they had both gone through the process of making their companies carbon neutral and realized that for this to scale to the degree that it needs to, to have a meaningful impact on climate, carbon neutrality needed to be more accessible for companies of all shapes and sizes. So the two founders teamed up and founded Climate Neutral again just over two years ago. And since then, we've really grown to build out a three-step certification process that companies go through each and every year. And it's the same process for all companies. They have to measure their carbon footprint all the way up the supply chain down to delivery to their customers. They have to offset that footprint entirely by purchasing carbon credits. And then the third step is really crucial for meeting the global goals around climate, and that's to reduce future emissions. Uh, so again, every company goes through this process on an annual basis. Once they've done so, um, they've earned the climate neutral certified label and status. And that's really a big um, piece of what we're doing is beyond just working with companies is we're really trying to get consumers involved. It's really easy to go to the store and identify products that are organic or non-GML, but it's been really difficult to understand what companies are taking climate change seriously. Climate change is really complex. Um, you know, you see the words sustainable and eco-friendly, and a lot of times that doesn't actually have much um, data or, or work behind it. So our climate neutral certified label, again, it shows consumers that this company has measured and offset their entire carbon footprint and that they're working to reduce their future emissions. And it helps not only identify those companies that have already done so, but we see that it gives a platform for consumers to stand on, to call on more companies to become climate neutral certified. Great. Yeah. So that's that's pretty straightforward measure of set. Um, but um, I know a lot of our listeners are actually business owners. So I'm curious. Um, and you said it was very important for you guys to make it affordable because, you know, I'm familiar obviously with other certification in the space and a lot of, you know, small micro businesses, especially when you're just starting, it's, um, you know, this kind of pricing, uh, pricing is um, pretty difficult for them to handle, uh, at least in the beginning of their business journey. So can you tell us, um, for the business listeners out there, can you tell us how the pricing works? 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's really two costs to certification. One is a small certification fee that we um, charge just for the certification process and a license to the label. Again, that's a very minimal fee based off of your carbon footprint. But the big cost comes around offsetting. So that's where you have to purchase carbon credits to offset your footprint. It's actually a lot more affordable um, than you might think. One of our founding companies, Peak Design, when they had first gone through the carbon neutrality uh, journey, is they realized that it cost them more to hire a consultant to measure their emissions than it costs for them to actually offset them. For that was sure. one of the issues <laughs> around the organization. Is just you know it's entirely affordable if you you know plan ahead of time. We found that for most companies, it's about 0.4% of annual revenue to offset your emissions by purchasing carbon credits. For That's mostly for companies in the product space. If you're a services firm, um, it's usually closer to 0.2% of your annual revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it leads me to a good point too. Um, can you tell us a bit more, maybe give us a few examples uh, of maybe the biggest well-known brands that are already climate neutral certified? They're also like a very fine distinction, as we learned um, at Brightly, that, you know, cl- between climate neutral certified and climate neutral committed. So right now, Brightly is in ca- climate neutral committed space because we just started the process, right? But if you can give us some examples of the brands that are already certified and or committed, um, because I think um, before I kind of chatted with you, did more research on your website uh, last year, I didn't really realize that companies like Brightly, which we are right now, primarily a media company, can also participate. I see in your Slack community, you have even agencies and stuff like that. So that was really cool for me to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We're really excited because I think right now we're working with about 12 different industries. And that's an important thing to kind of take note and pause on is that when you think about carbon emissions, you're often thinking about planes or factories or cars, but everything has a carbon footprint, whether it's a thing, a chapstick, or if it's a uh, services firm, there's emissions associated with all products and services. Um, so right now, we're, we just announced that we certified 230 brands in our first um, wave of certifications for 2020 emissions. Right now, we have about 350 brands in the network or so. So we're hoping to um, wrap up the certifications mostly in June with a few others um, later this year. But so we should have nearly 400 brands that are climate neutral certified by the end of this year. And we're working with folks um, like Allbirds, REI, um, Osea Malibu, which is a skincare company, Viore, which is an um, activewear company. But we also work with Kickstarter, which is um, obviously a software and tech company. And then Depth Agency, which is a, a parent company of quite a few different agencies as well. So we're really working with brands of all different shapes and sizes. As I mentioned, if you're making products, you're going to have a larger carbon footprint than a services company. But that doesn't mean that service companies shouldn't become climate neutral certified. There's emissions associated with running your offices, any business travel that you're doing, um, you know, running your servers and your website. There's also a carbon footprint associated with that. So it's really important for all companies, regardless of whether they're making service, uh, making products or are seeing themselves as a sustainable company. It's really important that all of them come together, understand what their carbon footprint is so they can actually get to work on reducing it moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. And I'm deviating from a list of questions a little bit, but I'm curious if you have seen this year, you've mentioned like, you know, regular businesses, you have obviously business emissions like uh, rent, computers, sorry. <laughs> One second. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a note. Uh, okay. 
Never mind. I'll start from the beginning uh, of this mm. question. Okay. So um, I know that you've mentioned that businesses, all businesses, obviously, as we know, have different carbon emissions, right? Even if you don't sell products, for example, you know, the rental space, you know, the electricity is in your office, water or computer, running computers and stuff like that. I'm curious if you have seen any data of how we have reduced uh, all of these emissions as kind of workspaces um, during the pandemic. Do you know anything like stats about that? Yes. I mean, when um, folks are working from home, we've really found that it hasn't um, contributed much to a company's carbon footprint and often reduces it. Because if you're thinking you'd really only measure the amount, um, you'd take your electricity bill, for example, and you would divide that by square footage and then allocate the amount of square footage that was used um, as your office space. So at the end of the day, it's really going to be a minimal amount of the company's carbon footprint. The biggest thing when it comes to remote work, I would say, is the employee commuting and then the business travel. Um, mm. As I mentioned, we ha- we require our companies to, uh, you know, they have to commit to at least two reduction action plans over the next 12 to 24 months. So our brands that were certified last year that had chosen business travel as their reduction action plans um, really uh, achieved those goals without much having to change much <laughs> their companies, obviously, to the state of the world. But that has a substantial impact, too, of if you're flying all the time and your employees are used to traveling the world, that's going to have a really big impact on your footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way to kind of think about how to reduce your footprint is your travel policies. We just had a panel um, about a month or two ago with a few of our certified brands that were sharing how they reduce their emissions. And one of the brands was talking about that they instituted a travel policy that um, really outlined how to think about your trips. So if you were traveling this amount of mileage um, to a conference or a business meeting, what form of transportation you should use. So they were encouraging folks to travel by train versus private car or airplane. And so really kind of building that into your company culture and employee engagement um, can help reduce your footprint and also makes your employees feel good because they're helping to reduce the carbon footprint of the company that they work for. Um, So remote work definitely has impacted it slightly, but then I would say that the biggest chunk is actually the business travel being um, cut down over the past year. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that it was really the biggest chunk for so many companies. Uh, I come from, you know, small startups, so <laughs> uh, I never really thought about it on like on a big corporate scale, but that's, that totally makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah. and also mm-hmm. just bringing um, also the fact that if you're not in an office, um, obviously the utility bills are going to be dropped down and not, you're not having to power your um, headquarters and things like that. So that's obviously going to impact it. Um, but I would say that from an individual employee standpoint, that definitely the cut down on business travel and the commuting has, um, from an individual standpoint, also reduces their footprint. Makes sense. Well, let's get into definitions because, you know, as with everything, climate change, environment, sustainability related, nothing is that simple. Things are pretty complicated. Uh, There's a lot of terms out there, right? And it's easy to get confused. So what does climate neutral mean? Uh, And most importantly, could you touch on how it's different from carbon neutral and net zero emissions? Yeah, so they're all pretty much fundamentally the um, mm-hmm. same. So the difference between like climate neutral and carbon neutral is it's just important to point out that climate neutral counts all greenhouse gas emissions. So instead of just um, measuring carbon dioxide, we also we use carbon equivalent, um, which is. Hold on one. 
Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so for climate neutral, we measure all carbon um, emissions in addition to greenhouse gas emissions. So we use carbon equivalent when we're measuring companies' footprint. So that's taking into account all of the greenhouse gas emissions. The difference with carbon neutral is that sometimes that's referring to just carbon dioxide. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, they are the same. Net zero is the same. It basically means that you are offsetting all of the emissions that you're responsible for to get to that net zero spot. So all three can more or less be used interchangeably. Mm-hmm. But again, correct me if I'm wrong, basically with ca- climate neutral versus carbon neutral, you are taking into account all of the other emissions besides just carbon. Is that correct, generally? Yes. So we use okay. carbon equivalent when we're measuring footprints. Mm-hmm. So why is it important? Obviously, you know, on the surface, we understand why it is important for brands to commit to being climate neutral, as you already touched upon this. Um, the fact is that if we continue to leave carbon emissions unchecked as, you know, businesses, as governments, as countries, can you explain us the world uh, we will be living in if we, if, you know, if we don't uh, pay attention to our carbon emissions? Yeah. So, um, you know, if we aren't able to cut down emissions and we continue uh, speeding up global warming, climate change by continuing to emit, uh, you know, it's not a pretty picture, unfortunately. We try not to focus on the what will happen if we don't change and try to focus on the hopeful, positive future of uh, reaching net zero emissions. But fundamentally, if we continue emitting, um, we're going to see more and more impacts from climate change. That extends beyond environmental issues like extreme weather, um, you know, impacts for biodiversity and ecosystems, but there's so much more that we can see. So sea level rise, extreme temperatures, drought, um, increased uh, precipitation or extreme um, storms. But that also has an implication for food systems. So it increases food insecurity. It has public health implications. So you can see more deaths related to um, record high temperatures or from illnesses that are um, appearing from mosquitoes and other types of uh, insects that will you know, thrive in a warmer climate. Um, it has impacts for economic uncertainty. And unfortunately, civil unrest is closely linked to extreme weather in the sense that if there's food insecurity, for example, um, that can cause problems within countries. And it's really important to think about all those implications that go beyond just the health of our environment, which should be enough to spur action. Um, But it's really important to think about the ripple effects that a changing climate will have across every sector of society. Yeah, that's a great point. We actually, we have, I think we have on Instagram, a graphic coming up on exactly what you've just touched upon, all of the rippling effects. Like you think climate neutral, just, uh, sorry, climate change just impacts, you know, the temperature, uh, your your weather, absolutely not. There's so, so much more uh, rippling effects and unfortunately they are are all negative. Well, there is one effect that we've recently covered on Brightly. uh, we saw the news on NBC, actually. Um, I don't remember the geographical research letters uh, in the Journal of Geographical Research Letters. Uh, they said that summers could actually last half the year by the end of this century, uh, which, you know, might sound like a good <laughs> good thing for people living in cold climates, but of course it's not. Uh, you know, climate, c- climate change it has different forms, and um, whenever we are clearly disrupting our planet, um, and it can sh- these disruptions can um, show themselves in very different ways, uh, and mm-hmm. none of them um, are good ultimately. Well, um, so we've talked about why is it important. Obviously, it's very important. Um, and 
uh, tell us a bit maybe more about um I, I love asking these questions because obviously you guys are doing a lot of important work the brands that are joining and committing to become climate neutral and climate neutral certified um, are doing a lot of important work. What is happening on the policy side of things? Again, I know it's not, it was not on my list of questions, but whenever we talk about sustainability, be it recycling, you know, or fashion revolution, um, I always feel there is a lack of action in the institutional and governmental space in terms of, you know, uh, legislation, laws and things like that. Yeah, so we're really focused on the um, corporate actions, mm-hmm. but as far as the policy goes, I mean, yesterday we saw the Biden administration um, announce cutting greenhouse gas emissions by fifty um, percent, which is honestly a landmark announcement. We're really excited, yeah. and just kind of taking a quick look at that, um, it's entirely achievable, and that's why climate neutral exists is because we can solve climate change. We have the means to do it, and we know what we need to do, but we just not we have not prioritized it. Um, and policy has been a very slow moving machine. Um, there's, you know, definitely bright spots and it's moving in the right direction, but quite frankly, it's not acting fast enough. Um, that's why we've really been seeing more action by subnational actors, whether it's cities or states mm-hmm. or companies, um, and kind of looking to them to kind of pilot, pilot these different initiatives to show the world at a country level scale um, that these changes are possible. We just really need to get to work on implementing them. Um, So I'd say that yesterday really kind of is a landmark announcement that we're really excited about in um, excited to see how this unravels over the coming um, weeks and months and years from a policy standpoint and seeing the U.S. hopefully step up as a leader on tackling climate change and sending a message to the world that we are prioritizing this and that we are going to use this instead of as what impact is this going to have in a negative sense of seeing how can we leave the opportunities behind this announcement to make us a leader in reaching net zero emissions. Absolutely. So yeah, let's get into the process. I know, you know, it sounds pretty easy and straightforward in terms of measuring, offsetting, that that does make sense generally. But let's talk about the process a brand has to go through in order to become certified. And of course, I'm particularly excited about this question because Brightly is going through this exact process right now. So what are we doing right now in terms of um, our process? We I think we the deadline was April 1st. So like we're literally in the very beginning stage of this process. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's a three-step process. So the first step is to measure your entire carbon footprint. Um, so you do that by using the brand emissions estimator, which is a carbon footprinting tool that we created. That tool um, allows you, has two levels to it. So the first level is you estimate your carbon footprint. This is a free tool that you can use that first level. Um, You can just visit bee.climateneutral.org if you're interested. And what that does is you put in very high level information. So you're putting information about what you're making or what you're doing, where you're located, what your annual operating expenses are. And that's going to run it through our model. And the tool makes assumptions about how you're spending the money your money. And based off of, again, what you're making and where you're located. Once you go through that high level estimate, it'll give you an idea of what your carbon footprint is broken out by scope. So scopes one, two, and three, scope one being your direct emissions from burning fuel through company cars or powering, um, you know, uh, heating with natural gas. Scope two, indirect emissions, which is your purchased energy. So to run your office, for example, and then scope three are your indirect emissions from your supply chain. And that's where you're going to see the bulk of your footprint. So when you go through that first step, 
It's going to give you an idea of what your emissions are. But the important step is to go one step further, and you're actually going to refine that estimate based off of your real operational data. So that's collecting data like purchase orders, employee commuting, business travel, shipping logs, and you're going to collect all that data from the previous year, and you're going to adjust that estimate. And then you'll see your footprint actually adjust in real time to what it actually is. So you can kind of identify those hot spots of where your emissions are coming from, which is critical when it comes to reducing your future emissions. And so that's the first step. So once a company has figured out what their last year's emissions mm -hmm. are, the second step is to offset that entirely. So that's where you purchase carbon credits. So one carbon credit is equal to one ton of carbon that's either removed from the atmosphere through a project like a forestry project, or those emissions are avoided in the first place. Um, so something like a renewable energy project mm -hmm. um, being built, for example. Once you've offset your footprint, um, again, that's going to neutralize last year's emissions. The third step, as I mentioned, is to reduce your emissions. And emissions are really critical for getting us on track for a net zero future. The reason why we have brands offset their entire footprint before reducing it is because those emissions are already out in the atmosphere. Yep. Nothing we can do to reduce them if they've already been emitted. So offsetting, you know, takes care of the previous year in that sense. But it's really vital for companies to look at their footprint and figure out how they're going to cut their emissions moving forward. So we require companies to come up with medium term reduction action plans. So those will be implemented in the next 12 to 24 months. So that's anything from um, changing your shipping uh, medium. So from mm -hmm. air freight ocean freight or looking at your packaging and seeing if there's a more um, climate-friendly version that you can use to changing, as I mentioned, your travel policy. Um, there's a ton of different ways for companies to cut their emissions. It's just really important for every company to get in the habit of understanding what their carbon emissions were and immediately looking to find those hotspots so they can get to work on reducing them. So once a company has measured offset and then reduced their entire carbon footprint, that's when they earn the status of a climate neutral certified company. And we work with companies throughout the process. It's really a self-service um, kind of model that we've built because, again, we're trying to make this more accessible and streamlined. And we found that companies um, and their uh, employees really learn a lot about the process. And you start to make those associations between every business decision and what the carbon um, impact could be. So, again, it's really tying all of that in with the climate impacts of the company. And this is something that companies go through each and every year. Um, we just, as I mentioned, wrapped up our first certification cycle, and now we're kicking off the second one, uh, which will wrap up in June. And then we're doing another short one um, over the summer, too, with a few other brands. But, you know, overall, um, it's an annual process that companies go through each and every year. And again, it gets kind of we don't like to compare it to your taxes, but we think it's important that once a year closes out, you get to work on um, becoming climate neutral certified. That's awesome. This episode is brought to you by Real Paper, tree-free toilet paper made from 100% bamboo. Our community has been asking us about paper-free swaps for items around the house, so this alternative to traditional toilet paper is right up our alley. I don't know about you, Laura, but I always run out of toilet paper. Me too, and I love that Real Paper delivers direct to your home while also using plastic-free packaging. It makes stuff so much easier. Also, while you probably haven't considered the environmental impact of your bathroom habits, 
Unfortunately, over 27,000 trees are flushed down the toilet every day across the world. That's a lot of waste. And by using paper that comes from bamboo, you're supporting a product made out of renewable, eco-friendly resource. It's also super soft, and I couldn't tell a difference between the 100% bamboo paper and what I'm used to. Good Together listeners get 25% off your first order by using code BRIGHTLY at realpaper.com. That's R-E-E-L paper.com. Hey, Lisa, did you know that every year 10 billion disposable razors are thrown into trash around the world? I never thought about the amount of waste I was generating every time I shaved my legs. Yes, I remember we've discovered this staggering fact last year, and ever since then, me and you have been on the hunt for a sustainable plastic-free razor. The tricky part for me, though, and I know a lot of our community members feel the same way, is that safety razors can be very intimidating to use. I was literally scared when I first shaved with a safety razor. Same, but we finally found the perfect option, haven't we? Leaf Shave has created the world's first multi-blade pivoting head safety razor that makes your shaving experience almost identical to the one with a plastic razor. Leaf Shave is certified carbon neutral and they package and ship 100% plastic free as well. My favorite part about their Leaf Razor is that it accepts up to three blades so that you can decide how close of a shave you want. Once you're done with the blades, you can send them back to Leaf to recycle responsibly as scrap metal. This makes shaving plastic-free easier, safer, and faster than I've ever experienced. But if, unlike us, you're a total pro and not intimidated by safety razors, Leaf also has a more budget-friendly option, their Twig Razor. Check it out. Good Together listeners get 5% off by using the code BRIGHTLY at leafshave.com slash brightly. That's L-E-A-F-S-H-A-V-E dot com slash brightly. Earth Day is on April 22nd, and this year we're upping our excitement for the planet by turning the day into a month-long celebration. In fact, if you're subscribed to our newsletter or follow us on Instagram, you have already seen all the Earth Month content goodness we are sharing and will be sharing all month long. For the first time ever, we have a special content hub on our site, brightly.eco, where you can easily access all of our newest Earth Month articles, our favorite planet-friendly tips and tricks, and of course, keep in touch with our Earth Month brand partner. You know them, it's Sheets and Giggles. Why Sheets and Giggles, you ask? By now, I hope that almost all members of our community are familiar with the brand. Sheets and Giggles became our first brand partner exactly a year ago when Laura and I started working on Brightly full-time and when, you know, we were all adjusting to a new lockdown lifestyle. That's when we all started working on making our homes more sustainable, and that, of course, includes Sheets and Giggles bedding. With Sheets and Giggles, you can sleep better knowing that your responsibly sourced eucalyptus lysol fabric uses less water and less energy than conventionally grown cotton. And don't even get us started on polyester. Plus, their packaging is 100% plastic-free. Not an easy fit for a bedding company. Good Together listeners get 15% off by using the code BRIGHTLYEARTH at SheetsGiggles.com. That's S-H-E-E-T-S-G-I-G-G-L-E-S dot com. Uh, I'm curious, you you must have this data on, on your website, but do you have like an estimate, like for maybe for 2020 or projections for this year in terms of uh, collectively, what kind of impact all the climate neutral committed or certified businesses have had on the environment? Like maybe how many um, 
tons of carbon emissions they have offset? Yeah, absolutely. So for our first wave of certifications, which was about 230 brands, those companies emitted an offset 700,000 tons of carbon. Um, the second, including that with the rest of the brands that are getting certified this year, we're looking at over 1 million tons of carbon, um, which is really important, you know, again, to quantify those numbers. And we're our goal is to continue to bring more companies on board so we can have a greater climate impact. Um, and so, you know, it's really, really inspiring to see these companies that are stepping up with huge footprints, but still saying, you know, it's important for us to do our part when it comes to the emissions that we're releasing into the atmosphere. Um, so we're continuing to grow that network. And again, with you're only founded two years ago, last year, we certified 150 brands. And as I mentioned, we're going to be closer to 400 by the end of this year. That's amazing. Uh, can you do you have some comparison uh, in terms of like how to visualize the one you said one million um, uh, metric tons of carbon, correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and so that's something that's really important too is to be able to talk about this in a way that's not going to confuse folks. Yeah, please mm -hmm. <laughs> recommend um, that our brands use the EPA's greenhouse gas equivalencies mm, calculator. Great. And what that does is it actually takes your footprint and puts it into like layman's terms in a way that you can yeah, actually understand. Exactly. Um, so for example, 1 million tons of carbon, again, carbon equivalent, is the equivalent amount of emissions from more than 200,000 cars being on the road for an entire year. Or it's the amount of energy used by 120,000 homes for the full year. If you want to look at it as kind of like the positive impacts, mm -hmm. that's the same as 1.2 million acres of U.S. forest sequestering that amount of carbon. Mm -hmm. That's a number that I always kind of focus on mm -hmm. is we think about, oh, it's the equivalent of this many cars. You know, that's a negative um, amount of like the emissions. So it's a negative thing. But when you think about how much nature has to work to sequester that amount of carbon, that's where it gets like really mind boggling. And, um, you know, for me, it really underscores how we really need to cut emissions because think about 1.2 million acres of U.S. forests over the course of the year sequester that amount of carbon from our brands. Um, it really puts it into perspective that we need to be cutting emissions because, you know, nature is not going to be able to keep up with, um, with our carbon footprint if we keep moving in this direction. Of course we can, we definitely have to help nature. Um, mm -hmm. so let's talk more about things that we can do as consumers and as individuals. So what are some ways that people can reduce carbon emissions in their own lives? Um, and just to give people, just to put things in perspective, the average annual carbon dioxide emission per person in the U.S. was 16.2 tons in 2017, which is three times higher than the global average that year of 4.8 tons. That's um, that's troubling. It's, uh, unfortunately, it's also not surprising. Um, so do you have any kind of practical tips, things that we should, maybe some tools, some hacks, mm -hmm. uh, what we can do in every, our everyday life to kind of uh, be more aware of our carbon emissions? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a ton of individual um, choices that you can make that collectively will definitely add up. So one thing is just really looking at what you're eating. Um, are you buying local? Because as I mentioned, you know, there's 
carbon emissions associated with shipping things. So if you're purchasing things locally, that's beneficial and you're not, they're not flying all over the world. There's really interesting maps of like, if you buy bananas, like what is the shipping route for it to go from the farm to your um, door? So really thinking about buying local is important and also cutting down on meat consumption. Um, meat compared to plants has a much higher carbon footprint. So if you're able to kind of start slowly, whether that's just doing meatless Mondays or just trying to cut down um, and only having meat with dinner instead of lunch, that's one way to reduce your own personal carbon footprint. Rethinking transportation as well. Um, do you need to fly on that next vacation or can you drive? Um, if you're driving, can you rent an electric car? Kind of thinking about how you're getting around. Um, you know, it's definitely in rural areas, it's hard. You can't say, hey, stop driving. You have to think about the barriers for people to um, really make these behavior changes. But thinking about, is there public transportation that I can lean on or carpooling with a friend? That's another way to reduce your footprint. And just thinking a little bit more too about um, your electricity usage. Um, are you, you know, using LED lights instead of conventional lights or um, most energy companies too, when you get your bill, they often have an opportunity for you to purchase power from renewable energy sources. That's something that I did and it really did not make a, diff uh, a price difference in my um, electricity bill, but I know that it's coming from renewable energy sources. So that's something else to keep in mind. And it's really important, too, that as individuals, that when we make these decisions, um, it's help moving the needle in a certain direction. So if more energy consumers are asking for renewable energy, that's going to move the industry in that direction. Absolutely. And that's something that I always recommend as the most important thing as an individual is to use your voice and to use your wallet to call on change. Um, you know, if you... I always use this anecdote because it's honestly quite um, shocking. You just mentioned that the annual carbon footprint of um, someone in the U.S. is 16 tons. Well, if you look at our website, you can see the carbon footprint of all of our companies. And we have this one fan of us on social media who often will tag us in tweets um, whenever he discovers a new brand. He'll tell mm -hmm. them that he wants them to become climate neutral certified. And he's actually led to probably three or four companies getting certified. That's and so amazing. Each of those companies even has like a 1,000 ton footprint. If he gets four of those on board, that's 4,000 tons of carbon that is now being offset and likely reduced moving forward because he was using his voice as a consumer to push those companies to get certified. So that's one thing I always recommend is that, you know, when consumers talk, companies listen. And if companies keep hearing this from their employees and from their um, customers, they're going to start listening. So that's the number one thing that I recommend because you can have such a monumental outsized impact on climate um, and on carbon emissions by just telling companies to do more when it comes to reducing their impact on our climate. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, and that's uh, such a great story uh, to share because, yeah, we, we, I mean, obviously in the age of social media, hopefully we all know that we have a voice. Yes, we are a person. Um, maybe we are just one person of, you know, billions on earth. But it, it's so great to see that one person has helped you guys get three or four companies to commit to become climate neutral. And that's a massive impact. Um, and of course, the more people can support with their dollars, as you just said, companies who are climate neutral certified, the more other companies, you know, so many brands are looking up to, you know, REIs, Patagonias, and of course, all birds of the world. Um, 
if you're mm-hmm. spending money with, you know, brightly all birds and Patagonians of the world, um, our community, uh, you know, is voting for us and hopefully we can inspire other businesses to follow the suit. That um, that's, that's a great advice. So, um, the last two questions that we lo- love ask- asking our guests on the podcast. Um, at Climate Neutral, obviously, you guys are doing a lot to help create a healthier planet. But what do you personally do in your everyday life to live more sustainably? We always love asking our guests to uh, share kind of a couple of practical tips or hacks that you've implemented in your everyday life to live more sustainably. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, um, I switched my power over to be powered by um, wind energy, which is really interesting because again, um, my I have Excel energy and it gave me that option in the online portal versus when I lived in Boston, I would get these like obscure letters in the mail and I wasn't sure <laughs> it was trustworthy or not. So that's something I've been like really excited about switching over um, was through directly through my energy provider. Um, and just knowing that when I turn on a light that it's coming, being powered by wind is really, really fascinating for me. Um, also, again, just kind of thinking about my diet and what I'm eating of just cutting down on meat. Um, I have an app that tracks like habits. So if you want to exercise more, you log it every day and it gives you these fun little gamified um, congratulations when you hit your goals. So I started doing that for meat to cut down on my meat consumption. That's been um, really great because I know that's a big part of my carbon footprint. Um, Also, just by the nature of my role of understanding the sources of emissions for our companies, of just really thinking, um, rethinking what I'm buying. Do I need a blender within 24 hours of ordering it? Probably not. So choosing uh, the slower shipping method, because I know that has a lower carbon footprint associated with it. Um, Also kind of thinking more about like where I'm purchasing from. Um, I moved to Denver in September and instead of buying everything new, really relying on um, different secondhand sources like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist to buy furniture that was oftentimes very much (laughs) a lot cheaper than the brand new versions, but kind of thinking about like, yeah, buying it secondhand, you just clean it and you're good to go. And because again, every purchase that we make make has a carbon footprint behind it. So trying to buy secondhand whenever you can, whether it's going to your thrift store, if you're looking for a very specific um, costume, for example, that you're going to wear once, you don't need to buy a new brand new one that's going to be air shipped <laughs> and going to have a large carbon footprint behind it. Um, but, you know, giving yourself the time and understanding the resources to buy things that have already been owned previously um, is something that I've you know, taken up over the past couple of years. And that's made a really big impact on lowering my personal carbon footprint as well. Yeah, I can't agree more. Basically, the way to think about it, every time you spend money on anything, you are creating carbon emissions, right? And actually, this is not a sponsored shout out, but um, I don't know if you, you've probably heard about this company. Um Aspiration, the financial company. Um, I love them. We mm-hmm. had the, the CEO on our podcast. They've just introduced, of course, because of the Earth Day, uh, they introduced this uh, zero footprint card. I just got their email. I have their regular card, but uh, this basically card helps you go carbon neutral because every single purchase, with every single, single purchase, they plant trees with um, on your behalf. And they let you also, mm-hmm. I think the way my card works, you can round up to plant trees, which is essentially similar to what you guys are doing, right? Offsetting carbon footprint of your purchases. So um, 
just another um, shout out to Aspiration. I was just talking to, about them to my financial advisor. Um, yeah, but it, it kind of puts things into, into perspective. Every time you take your car, uh, credit card out, you are creating carbon. <laughs> Basically, anything we do is really creating carbon emissions. But that's, that's yeah, and that's a good point too, is just you know looking for the climate neutral certified label every time you shop because those yes. companies, again, offset those emissions. So you know, through that, they're zero carbon products because up to your doorstep, all of those emissions have been measured and offset. Yes. Um, so supporting companies. And we have all of our companies listed on our website um, at climateneutral.org. And you can browse through them. We have, as I mentioned, about 230 that were just certified and then another 150 or so that are committed to certification later this year. And again, when you purchase from those, those carbon emissions have already been offset by those companies. Um, so again, it's continuing to send that signal that you want every company to go through this. Mm-hmm, exactly. And of course, can't agree more with you on meat when we started cooking more. Um, I feel like I talk about this every other episode, but that was a big thing for us as well. Um, definitely trying my best uh, to cut meat consumption, um, just being more aware of what we're eating and what kind of consequences mm-hmm. it has for the environment. Um, and the last question, my favorite one, what is the most exciting thing happening in the sustainability space for you right now? I know we're just like... Um, talking again after Earth Day, uh, but yeah, what is the one thing that excites you the most in this movement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much to be um, excited about and hopeful about. I would just say, personally, I know this is biased just given the world that I work in, but um, I would say the number of companies that are really taking this seriously, as I mentioned, the policy is very slow moving, but companies are just innovative and they're very flexible and they're able to adapt very quickly. I think we saw that a lot in the past year with the pandemic of companies really have to rethink their supply chain or making masks um, to help, you know, first responders. Um, so it's been really, really interesting to see how companies are stepping up and um, making change right now. I, I saw a report that from December 2019 till September 2020, the number of corporate pledges to become carbon neutral doubled. So I think that we're beginning to see a tipping point in the yes. business world of more companies no longer being able to claim that they're sustainable or eco-friendly because consumers are smartening up to greenwashing practices And companies are really saying, you know what, it is time for us to do something about this. And we're seeing it, um, this as a result of companies wanting to do this from day one, from pressure from consumers, pressure from employees. Um, And also, which has been very fascinating, going back to the financial industry, is that investors are pushing companies that they invest in to do this. We've had some really interesting conversations with different firms that are adding carbon neutrality in as a requirement for companies that are interested in working um, and receiving funding from them because there's a financial risk. Um, you hear ESG all the time. There's this risk of, you know, climate change is happening. It's going to have impacts on business. So investors are now pushing their um, portfolio companies to understand their emissions so they can reduce them, but offsetting them right now, which also, um, creates an internal price on carbon, which is really important. If they're having to pay for every ton of carbon you emit, companies are going to start um, looking, whether you work in finance or sales or marketing or sustainability at that company, you're really going to be doing your part to reduce emissions because there is that financial um, tie-in to the amount of carbon that you're emitting. 
that's very interesting and very hopeful. You know, again, you know, as we take more and more, you know, kind of decision makers and they get on board with this, uh, again, we will see the rippling, the positive ripple effect. Well, it's been really great mm -hmm. uh, chatting with you, Caitlin. Thank you so much for your time. Again, we are so um, excited to be joining uh, this amazing assortment of businesses and brands leading the climate neutral movement um, and your team as well. Again, thank you so much for the chat and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. It's so great to chat with you as well. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.